So we'll pick up in verse 27 of Luke chapter 5. It says, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's all we'll read down to. So again, uh, here at the beginning of this chapter, we have Jesus uh, calling on the first disciples. Now, folks, this is uh, a little bit uh, uh, beyond, really, the first disciples. We have to think of this as the beginning of the church uh, in its most literal form. These were the first followers, really, of Jesus Christ. He had brothers and he had sisters, we know from the Gospels. And those, I mean, uh, I'm talking blood brothers through his, uh, through his mother uh, that, that didn't even follow him. Uh, but he calls these disciples to follow him. He calls Peter uh, and calls Matthew here. And uh, these people, they follow him. Peter, of course, being a fisherman. Uh, but he follows along when the call comes. Then we have the healing of a leper. And we have the healing of the man with palsy. And then uh, as, as Jesus is walking, uh, walking through, uh, it says, After these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And we uh, got to keep in mind here that a publican was looked down upon not only by uh, the Roman government whom he worked for. Uh, he collected taxes for the Roman government. And, but he was looked down upon because he was a Jew. And the Romans didn't like the Jews. Didn't like anything about the Jews. Didn't like their customs. Uh, didn't like their God. Didn't like uh, anything about them. But not only was he looked down upon by the Romans and the Roman government he was looked down upon by his own people by uh, the Jewish people because he worked for the Roman government now it's well known that uh, that the publicans uh, when they uh, collected these taxes a lot of times they would overcharge their own people they would overcharge on the taxes and they would pocket the profits themselves and that's one of the reasons they were looked down upon by the Jewish people and Another reason is the Jewish people saw them as, as traitors to their own race, to their own culture, uh, to their own people. So not only was this man looked uh, down upon by the Romans, he was looked down upon by the Jews. He was looked down upon by Jew and Gentile alike. And uh, folks, uh, that's one of the most amazing aspects of the call of Levi here. He was a despised man. He was a despised person. Uh, his own people people, his own family, the Jews, they didn't like him. The Roman government, they didn't like him. No one was on this man's side, but yet as he sat at the receipt of custom, which was the place where the taxes were collected, as he sat in this place, there was one that came by, saw him in his despised state, saw him as a hated person. Hey, Jesus himself was a Jew, was he not? Jesus, uh, Jesus being of the Jew 
Jewish race of people, but Jesus looked over there and he didn't see a man that had betrayed his own people. Jesus could have looked around at, at anyone that was around him at that point and said, these people are going to betray me. These people are going are to come against me. These people are not going to like me come to the end of this whole thing. But he looked over at, at Levi or Matthew and what did he say? He said, follow me. Two very simple words. But folks, when it comes to Jesus Christ and it comes to salvation, it's simple. It's as simple as the call that God gave unto Levi here. Hey, he was the same God 2,000 years ago that called Matthew as he called me 11 years ago in Bristol, Virginia. When he looked down toward me, saw me in a despised state, saw me in a miserable condition, saw me as a person that, uh, that was hated by some, that was loved by others, but he saw me in the state that I was in and he said, follow me. That call goes out unto everyone. He says, follow me. Come with me. Come after me. There are different ways that it's phrased inside of the Gospels, but it all means the same thing it means. Take up your cross. Come my way. Come the way that I have prepared for you. Come and follow me. That's what he said unto Matthew. Matthew seemingly immediately, it says here in verse 28, he left all, rose up, and followed. There was no delay. Oh, Matthew, I've heard stories. You've heard stories. It may be part of your testimony that God had to chase you, had to chase me, had to chase some people, maybe for hours, maybe for days, maybe for weeks, but when God puts that call upon you, you cannot get away from God. When the call comes to follow me, He will chase you. He will track you down, go with you wherever you're at. I remember my conversion and the couple of days before it, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. All I had on my mind was, my goodness, could I have been wrong about this for all of these years? Could I have been wrong about my doubting God and doubting the Bible? God chased me from Sunday morning to Tuesday morning when I finally hit my knees and He saved my soul. But it all started with two very simple little words. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah. Is that precisely what he said? Honestly, I don't remember. But it was the same way. It was the same situation as it was here with Matthew. He saw me in a state I could do nothing on my own. I could do nothing about my sin. I could do nothing about the people rejecting me. I could do nothing except for follow Jesus Christ. And there's an entire world of people out there right now that are that are sitting back in the ranks. And I, I preached it this morning. I said there's people out there now that are uh, that are saying I'll get saved in my own time. I'll get saved when I decide to get saved. No, we'll get saved when that call comes into our life. When God gets a hold of our heart, God pricks our heart with the gospel of Jesus Christ shows us that we are all sinners and that we all deserve to burn in hell forever and ever but that Jesus Christ is the only way 
out of that mess. He's the only way out of that judgment and the only way out of that condemnation. When that happens and the Holy Ghost of God gets a hold of our heart, then we can get saved. But there's folks out there that have been chased by God, that have been shown by God, that have had their hearts ripped apart with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they say, that cross is too heavy for me to bear. I've sinned too much for God to save me. Matthew was despised by his own people, despised by the Gentiles. He was despised by everyone except for Jesus Christ. And we're in no different boat. Folks, I know my wife loves me, and I love her. And I know y'all have had spouses, you've had family members, you've had friends that you love, and they return that love. But when it comes down to the way, and especially in the lost world, especially to those that know not Jesus Christ. When it comes down to that way, will they really be there by your side? Will they really, would they really be there for you? Now, I think that my wife would, and I know that I would for her, and y'all, I'm sure, would say the same thing about your spouses and about your children and your grandchildren and nephews and nieces and everyone else, and I understand I'm talking about lost people, though. Matthew was sitting there in a lost state, in a lost state that he could do nothing about and the only one that would come his way I'd say that's the only Jew that spoke nicely unto Matthew for years however long he had been collecting taxes for the Roman government was probably however long it was since a Jew had spoken kindly unto this man and all it took was two words follow me and Matthew brought what he was doing and he went with Jesus that's what we should have done. Mm-hmm. Now, I said, God, he might have chased us for a while. Mm-hmm. But boy, he got a hold of me. <laughs> and I hope he's got a hold of everybody here. Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with him. Who was this great company? Which, what was Matthew? He was a publican. Who was in this company? Publicans. <laughs> Folks, <coughs> And I was actually just talking about tonight before service. I still keep in contact with a lot of mechanics. Although I ain't, been, I ain't worked on cars for a living in 10 years now, over 10 years now. But I still know some. Hey, whatever your occupation is, that tends to be, be the people that you know. Missy worked in the medical office for years. And she knows people that work out in the medical field. She worked in a bank for years. She still knows people that work in the banking industry. Wherever it is our occupation is, that tends to be... In the crowd of people that we keep up with, the crowd of people that we make friends with. Here we have not only publicans, but sinners. Uh, publicans were considered to be the lowest of the low. They were considered to be the scum that's at the bottom of the barrel. And here's Matthew, it says, he prepared a great feast for. Hey, what was his, uh, what was his occasion? What was the meaning of this feast that he prepared? The man had been called by Jesus Christ to follow him. Hey, if there, ain't, if there ain't another thing on the face of the planet that we should be happy about, that we should express joy about, it is the call of God in our life to be one of His children, to be a follower of Him, to do His bidding, to do His will, just to know that Almighty God wants something to do with us is, is, is enough to cause merriment and joy in our lives. 
So he prepares a yeah. feast. He prepared for Jesus, publicans, sinners. Invited them all. Now, do you think Matthew knew what kind of man this was? I think he had a decent idea. Maybe not immediately, but this feast wouldn't have been immediate. He would have traveled around with Jesus just at least for the day and followed him wherever it was that he went. But he prepared this feast and he prepared it for Jesus. He says he prepared it for him, he prepared it for himself publicans and sinners yeah. you think he wanted these other publicans and these sinners to meet this jesus i think that's part of his plan i think that was part of his plan hey folks let me tell you now if you ain't got it in your heart if you got no desire to see other people saved you've never been saved yourself if grace has no place in your heart if you don't want to share the grace of almighty god you have no grace of almighty god about you i think that matthew here i think he was wanting to share his testimony. I think he was wanting to share this great thing that happened to him and he prepared this feast for these publicans and sinners and for Jesus to be there. I'm sure the disciples were there. Everyone was there and I think that he wanted to share the good things of Jesus Christ with his friends. Hey, when I got saved, I was telling everybody that I got saved. I was calling people I hadn't talked to in five or ten years telling them, hey, I met Jesus. He came to where I was at and found me precisely what Jesus did with Matthew here. He didn't wait on Matthew to come to him. He went to where Matthew was. And I want to share that with everybody. Jesus found me. Jesus found me. I was lost and now I'm saved. <clears throat> he prepared a feast. He prepared a feast to celebrate. He prepared a feast. It may have been a going away feast. Hey, he was leaving the people he'd worked with for who knows how long at that point. Maybe it was that. But I think he was wanting to share Jesus too. I think he was wanting to share the good news that had happened to him and the good things that had happened to him. But regardless, it was a cause for joy. It was a cause for celebration. And folks, I think the only time that we read about such things happening in the Scripture, when you read the, the, the parable that Jesus speaks about the prodigal son, what happened when the prodigal son, after he'd done gotten his part of the inheritance, went off in the world, went into a far country, blew off, all of his money wound up eating the corn husk in the pig pens of the world and he came back to the father hey his brother said why are we treating him this way why have we killed the fatty calf why have we done this why have you given him your robe why have you given him your ring why have you done these things what did the father say he said my son who was dead is alive he was lost now he's found this is a cause for us to be merry it's a cause for us to be happy. Amen. And Levi was practicing this here before that parable was ever even spoke. He was already practicing that. This is something, especially in ancient culture, <clears throat> that's where fellowship took place. It was at the table. Fellowship took place. And folks, up until, in terms of years, up until recent times, in American homes, fellowship took place around the supper table. Did it not? Until recent years, recent decades, I could even say. Yeah. Until then, it, it took place there. At my house, when my boys were growing up, no cell phones at the table. 
Everybody sat at the table. We didn't go off to our separate rooms. We didn't, some of us go to the den and some of us go to the bedroom to eat. We all sat around the table and we ate. I found out what they've been doing all day. They found out what I've been doing all day. Hey, that was the time for fellowship. That was the time for catching up with one another's lives. And this, for Matthew, it was a time for fellowship. Yes, it was a time of fellowship with publicans. It was a time of fellowship with sinners. It was a time for fellowship with these others that have been called by Jesus Christ. It was a fellowship with everyone that knew who Levi was. But regardless, it was a time for fellowship. But says there there were scribes Mm. and Pharisees murmured against the disciples Mm. saying, why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Now, keep in mind, it says they murmured against the disciples. Not against Jesus uh, himself. It was against the disciples of Jesus Christ. But they asked the disciples, why are you feasting with these people? He says, why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus, Jesus didn't even give the disciples time to answer. Oh, no. Jesus said, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Mm -hmm. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They that are whole need not a physician. What was Jesus saying here? I mean, it's not that hard to read between the lines. Really, there's no lines to read between. He says, they that are whole need not a physician. In other words, you Pharisees, you think that you're all right. You think that you're fine. Remember the Pharisees, they were uh, they were the sect of people that, 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 that prided themselves on following the law. And not only the law that Almighty God gave, they added unto God's law. They added all these ceremonial things that aren't even part of scripture and they uh, they prided themselves on that and they looked down upon other people for not doing those things and they asked the disciples why are you eating and drinking with these sinners and Jesus answered them to himself and he said they that are whole need have no need of a position in other words hey if you think you're so righteous if you think you're so holy if you think that you don't need me then that's fine but they that are sick they are the ones that are in need of a position folks it holds true to this very day and this very hour that we are in now there are people in the world now that think that they're fine with God they think that they're in good standing with God and those are the hardest people to get through uh, with the gospel too that's the hardest people for the gospel to print their hearts and show them what kind of state that they are in the people that think they are saved and they are not these Pharisees were part of those people. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is putting them in place here. Yeah. He says, they that are whole need not a position, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. People say all the time, you've heard it and I've heard it. Well, Jesus, he hung out with sinners. Mm-hmm. He did. Jesus turned water into wine. He did. Yeah. Jesus done this, and Jesus done that. One of my favorites is God made weed. We've all heard that, ain't we? He must have made it for a purpose if he made it. Hey, folks, don't twist the scriptures. 
Don't twist the scriptures. How much of, of soberly and righteously do we read about in the scriptures? Yeah. How much of that do we find in the scriptures? I find, I find quite a bit of it. And not only in those exact words, but I also see it hinted at in other scriptures. And I see it alluded to in other scriptures. Not just in those exact words, but scripture upon scripture speaks against those things. The Bible says that wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. The Bible says all kinds of bad things about things that people justify in their own lives. And people will say, well, God has done this and God has done that. Let me tell you what God came to do. He stated it here. In Luke chapter 5, he came not to call the righteous, but he came to call sinners to repentance. Hey, there wasn't a whole lot that he could do with those Pharisees because they were righteous in their own eyes. And Jesus knew they were going to be a hard, they were going to be hard to reach. But this uh, this publican here, Levi, he went to where he was and he knew that Levi would heed the call. He went there and said, Follow me, and Levi did exactly that. Why was that? Because Levi recognized his sin. Levi knew how low down and knew how dirty and knew how filthy he was. Therefore, he heeded the call of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But those that are already righteous mm -hmm. in their own minds, oh, yeah. those are hard to reach. <clears throat> and notice he said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm -hmm. Sinners to repentance. Yeah. That includes you, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And that includes me, whether I like it or not. He came to call sinners to repentance, not to sanction their sin. No. Not to say, okay, this sin's okay, but this one isn't. Mm -hmm. Not to say, your mama's sin or your daddy's sin or grandma and grandpa's sin might have been worse than yours but I'll let you slide with yours folks there was a time that God winked at that ignorance according to the book of Acts he winked at that type of ignorance but now he calls all men unto repentance all men that includes preachers that includes teachers that includes deacons singers that includes everybody that includes lay members that includes lost and that includes saved he calls all men unto to repentance. Why? Because all men are sinners. Mm -hmm. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Yeah. We all deserve death. We all deserve judgment. We all deserve the flames of hell. And people think all the time, well, I ain't that bad of a person. I've done a little bit of this, and I've done a little bit of that. You are a sinner in the eyes of a holy God, just as I am. It don't matter how small you think your sin is, or how small I think mine is. We are sinners in the eyes of a holy and just God, and we must stand before that holy and just God. One of these days, when we stand before Him, it will be the same God that called Levi to repentance, that called Levi to follow Him, that called Levi, and Levi gladly accepted that calling and when he accepted it he saw it as an occasion for joy and to be happy and to celebrate with his friends why because the savior of the entire world had called him to follow him Amen. it's the same God yeah. same call and the same reason because Matthew was a sinner Levi was a sinner and he needed salvation folks <clears throat> And Levi was no different than Peter. 
He was no different than anybody that was called in Scripture. Nope. Than anybody that was elected in Scripture. David was chosen of God, was he not? When he went to Bethlehem, or when Samuel went to Bethlehem, and he went to Jesse's house. And he called for Jesse's boys. Yeah. And, and each one of them that paraded there in front of him, he said, no, not this one. And no, not that one. And no, not that one. And no, not this one. He said, do you have any more sons? He said, well, I've got one more. He's down there watching the sheep. i got one more boy. But he, he's a little ruddy boy. I don't know if you're interested in him or not. He said, bring him up here. They brought David up there. And God said, that's the one. You break that horn of oil and you pour it over his head. That's the one that I, Almighty God, have chosen to lead my people people. Man had nothing to do with that decision. Samuel had nothing to do with it. Samuel was doing nothing more than what God told him to. Amen. But when David received that call, what did he do? He's the only man in Scripture that Scripture describes as a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Yes, David had sin. And yes, David's sin was great, but he was no different than any of the rest of us. Folks, God came to save sinners. God, okay, hey, this wasn't just a celebration because Levi had been asked to follow, or had been told, I should say, to follow Jesus Christ. It wasn't just a celebration of that, folks. That was a celebration. That was a soul that was rescued out of hell. That was a soul rescued out of eternal judgment. That was a soul that was rescued from the punishment that it deserved. That's why there is cause for celebration. That's why the Bible says that the very angels rejoice at the repenting of one person. Why in the world doesn't the church here on earth rejoice when we hear about a soul being saved by God? When angels are doing it, when angels rejoice, the church should rejoice as well. Why? Because we just gained a brother or sister in Christ. We just, that's one more soul that's not going to go to hell. Right. That's one more soul that has repented, that has taken up their cross, that has followed Jesus. What does Jesus say? He said, he said uh, when, when uh, the came, they came after him, he said, what must I do? It was a rich young ruler. He came to him and he said, hey, I followed the law. I've done this. I've done that. Jesus said, you lackest thou one thing. He said, take all your goods, sell them, and give unto the poor. Yeah. And take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. What else did Jesus say? He said, if any man's not willing to take up his cross and follow him, he is not worthy of him. He is not worthy of Jesus Christ. There's people all over the church world. Now there's people in churches every Sunday and every Wednesday and every Thursday. There's people in revival meetings all across the region. There's people that say, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ saw me as worthy. No, Jesus Christ saw you as something that he could redeem. You were worthless. You were useless. You were nothing. You were nothing more than a ball of sin that Jesus looked down and said, I shed my blood to do something with as I shed my blood to redeem this. And only when you are redeemed is the only time that God can use you. Amen. That's the only time. Yeah. Now you might look back at the Old Testament and say, well, God used Pharaoh and he did. Pharaoh was never redeemed, but he used him for what? For his own glory. Oh yeah. God used Pharaoh, hardened Pharaoh's heart for for God's own glory. Right. Folks, <clears throat> there's so many lessons. So many lessons can be taught just out of the calling of Matthew. Oh yeah. Just just out of that one calling, just like I said six or seven verses there. Mm. But folks, 
the, the, the main thing is the last line of it. When Jesus says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's the purpose that Jesus Christ came. He came, yes, he taught while he was here. And yes, he preached while he was here. Hey, what was the first thing Jesus Christ ever preached according to the gospel of Matthew? The first word the man ever preached was repent. He said, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The same words that John the Baptist preached just before Jesus did. It was the exact same words. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He tells us what to do. Told those Jews what to do. It passed forward to us what we are to do. And it also tells us why. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's why we repent. It's because the kingdom of heaven is nigh. Hey, the start of that kingdom was right here with Peter, right here with Levi, right here with Andrew, with all of them. Amen. That was the beginning of that kingdom because the kingdom of God is set up in men's hearts. Mm -hmm. It is set up in men's hearts. Christ is the king of that kingdom. But the kingdom itself is set up within men. Mm -hmm. 